Hi, I'm Wendy Francis, nutrition therapist, emotional eating expert, and entrepreneur. I've helped countless people overcome their obsession with food and weight. Isn't it time you overcame what you had become and ignite who you were meant to be? Your time to become an overcomer starts now. Welcome to the Overcoming Podcast. Last session, I actually talked about hunger and fullness. And in today's call, you'll hear some questions from a pre-recorded call that surrounded hunger and fullness and our issues around delineating between both of those. Take a listen, enjoy, and learn. I'm going to go ahead and open up the line so we can get comments, questions, and I can help anybody who's on the, on the call tonight in any way possible. Anybody out there that have a, a question, comment, or anything I can help with? Wendy? Mm-hmm. Um, so on the plan, after you eat your allotted meal, you're still not feeling satiated. You're, you're still feeling not really hungry, not really full. It's kind of a weird feeling, but the best I could describe it is you're not really satiated. You're not like, not pleased with the food. So how would you advise um, going around that? So are you satiated? Meaning, you know, are you at a level of comfortability between your hunger and your fullness? Yeah, I'm neither here From nor there, physical. but I'm not happy mm-hmm. either. I mean... What it's would kind make of you a happy? weird feeling. Mm-hmm. What would make you happy in that moment? Eating, eating a bit more, eating different foods than the ones I'm eating, I guess. I don't know. So that answer to that question would be really important to know because there's a few things in the question that you're asking me. One is you want to get a sense Um, So often in working with clients, I found that people get used to the fullness level of, let's just say, an 11. I always work on a 1 to 10 scale. So one being extremely hungry, feeling shaky, right, want to eat right now kind of scale. And then 10 being really full, almost stuffed, you know, that not quite totally uncomfortable, but definitely full. And what I found over the years is that some people get used to being well above that 10. So when they bring down their level of fullness to like an 8 or a 7 or a 6 or a 5, it feels uncomfortable to them even though it's right in a satiated point. Uh-huh. Right? So tracking your hunger and fullness would get you, excuse me, give you a sense of whether or not you are, is it that you're at a five and you're just not used to being at a five and stopping eating, right? Or are you really still at a one or a two where you actually need more food? Or is it a mouth hunger or a teeth hunger or an emotional hunger at that point? Because there can be a combination. This is where hunger and fullness work gets a little tricky And if you're aware and you learn and you grow, you'll get it. But know that there can be layers of hunger and fullness. So it can start out as a physical hunger, 
but there can also be some teeth hunger in there. There can also be some mouth hunger in there. There can be some emotional hunger in there. So as you kind of solve the physical hunger piece, then you're left with feeling like then you want to solve the teeth hunger thing. I, you know, I just want to keep chewing. Or, yeah, I feel satisfied, but I just want that piece of chocolate to get the taste in my mouth. Well, that's a mouth hunger then. Right? So, so in the moment when that happens, asking yourself those questions, you know, where, are I, where am I on the hunger and fullness scale? And then also where, you know, what else would I want? What would make me happy in this moment? You know, is it the taste? Is it my teeth? Is it emotion? It, it, am I still at a two on the hunger scale? So in that, and that may shift from meal to meal from time to time. So if you do the hunger and fullness scale for three days, you'll start to get a sense of your patterns with that. Okay, thank you. Does that help? Yeah. So for all of you that are journaling as we go through this series, that's a great exercise to put in your journal is, you know, on the hunger and fullness scale before and after your meals, before and after your snacks, if you're doing snacks on your plan, um, so that you can understand more about your own patterns. Great question. Other questions? So after you're off the plan, how do mm -hmm. you ensure that you don't go back to your old habits of um, overeating or feeling, or feeling full beyond the 10 or things like that? Are there any safeguards mm -hmm. against that apart from our will? So, yeah, that's the process of learning while you're on the plan, right? What, as, you, as you learn and you practice while you're on the plan, the more you practice, the more it becomes the change, right? So, um, and we know this, you know, there's, there's so much research on behavior modification and habit formation. We know that it takes 21 to 30 days to change the habit, um, you know, in habit formation or habit degradation. So the, know that the more practice you do with this, the more likely you will be able to sustain when you come off the plan. So it's practice, practice, practice. And then if you have a bad practice, you don't beat yourself up, right? You don't shame yourself. You don't guilt yourself. So you go, okay, I fell off in that practice. I'm going to try again next time. Okay. And identifying the, identifying the type of hunger is so important for people because I find so often that, you know, people will tell me, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And I'll say, well, where do you feel that hunger? Some of you have heard me do that on, this, on these calls. I've said that question for, uh, that was probably one of the first questions I ever said in my practice so many years ago when I was so young. Because it's so, it's, so important to know where you're actually feeling your hunger or where you're feeling your fullness. Because if you're not feeling it in that area up underneath your rib cage, you've got to figure out where it's coming from. Never about the mm -hmm. hunger, really. It was about the cravings of the food that we cannot eat. So that's mm -hmm. the cause. That's the problem. No? Is it a, so? Um, I don't ever look at the foods that are not on the plan that you cannot have them. I just say uh, what I really want you to, and I really want you to hear this. It's not forever. It's just for now. 
this is just a way that you're resetting your body, you're changing your physiology, you're changing your alkalinity and your acidity, you're changing all the biochemical parameters of your body. It's like getting a tune-up for your car, right? We don't get a tune-up every day. We take certain, you know, times of the year to take our car in. So the more you tell yourself that you can't have something or you won't be able to have it, I guarantee you the more you will want it from an emotional rebellion perspective. There is no doubt about it. And I'm not going to tell you that you can't ever have a certain food again. I'm just going to say while you're on the plan, we're recalibrating everything. It's just not now. Just not a now thing. Help yourself know over and over again, you put yourself in the mindset of deprivation. And that mindset is not beneficial. So the more that you can allow yourself to just understand that, and when you're back on maintenance and you shifted your body to the level physiologically, biochemically, physically, then you can try those foods again, and then you can actually see how your body runs with them. How does it actually feel with it in them now that you're a clean slate, so to speak, now that everything's shifted? on all levels, hormonally, biochemically, physiologically, then you'll get a good read for how it actually feels. So that's the, that's the desire for maintenance, to get that clean slate so you can then really get what it's like to eat those foods. Would the hormonal benefits stay with us even though we're off the plan during the maintenance? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, just like your alkalinity will. Now, you know, I see that and I guess I that takes a step up, barring the fact that something doesn't shift for you. Like if you go into perimenopause or you go into menopause, if you balance your hormones now, they're going to rebalance or counterbalance unbalance. If things shift in your body again, then you would have to rebalance, let's say, hormonally again. But what we know within three to six months of working on the plan and doing the components of the plan that the hormones balance naturally and nicely and will stay like that until the body shifts into its next phase, whatever that phase might be for that individual. If you've gone through menopause already and you're already there and you've gone through all those shifts, then, then that's probably your last phase of shifting. And so, yes, then it would stay fairly consistent. Um, but the alkalinity will stay the same. You know, all of that lasts, the physiological parameter lasts, unless, of course, someone starts kind of going back to all of those old habits regularly and consistently in an overconsumptive pattern. Good question. Other questions, things that I can help with tonight? Hi. Hi. Um, hello. Um, I just feel sometimes that I have, like yesterday, um, I have done pretty good in the program, but yesterday I felt like I needed to have a piece of pastry. I even drove eight miles trying to find it. Of course, I didn't find it, but, um, you know, and then I had to eat an apple, and I felt like the whole entire evening, I felt like I need a piece of pastry. So um, it's kind of hard to give up bread. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what would I need to do in order for me to stop that craving? I mean, it was so bad that I actually drove to five stores trying to find a pastry that I couldn't find. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Great question. Thank you for speaking up. Um, so what, can I ask you what day are you on the plan? How long have you been on the plan for? Uh, today is my 27th day. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, your body's really, really struggling with that component. Can I ask you how many fruits you eat a day? Uh, I, I have two apples and, uh, um, then I have berries, uh, either for breakfast or for lunch. Okay. Um, and breakfast and, uh, okay. So one, there's a, there's a couple things. When you wanted that pastry, were you, where were you hungry for it? Uh, it's like my stomach was growing. It okay. was really growing and I'm like, I am hungry. I need a, but I wasn't hungry for regular food. I just mm-hmm. was hungry like for that pastry and I'm like, it was so bad that uh, <laughs> I actually drove to five stores to, uh, to find it. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't, but. <laughs> right, right, right. So there's a couple of things I would tell you to think about. One is if your stomach was really, really rumbling, do you have children? Yeah. You do? Yeah. No, I don't. I have oh, you don't. Okay. Myself. Do, you have, do you have nieces or nephews? No, I live by myself. Okay, so let me ask you a question. You have a friend? No, my friends are in Northern Virginia. <laughs> I'm in okay, Charlottesville, okay. temporary. Okay, it's a temporary thing. Okay, so there's a couple things I'm getting out of that picture. Here's what I want you to, to, to ask first and foremost. If, if you, one of your friends in Northern Virginia called you on the phone and said she wanted a pastry, but that she was really hungry, what would you say to her? <laughs> I'd probably tell her to eat regular food and not eat the pastry because the pastry is not really food. Right. So what I'd say, right, and, and your response is natural and normal, right? And here's what I'd say as well. I'd say eat food first, and then if you still want the pastry, we'll talk about it, right? Yeah. But <laughs> if your body... Right. If your body is really um, hungry, then we want to put the nutrition in there, right? Yes. And be able to feed it. That so it might be that you need a small, a bigger snack in there. If you're craving it, you crave it regularly, or was just that that one time? No, that was the first time since I started that I actually was craving it. I mean, okay, really. It was kind of like strange because it's like I needed it, and I actually, I'm, and I'm a diabetic, and I usually don't eat pastry. Since I've been in the program, I don't have to take any medications because my sugars are extremely low. So, yeah. Oh, do you check your blood sugar? Oh, yeah. I check it like five times a okay. day. So if you're, if you're craving a pastry, I would tell you first and foremost, I didn't realize you had diabetes. If you're craving a pastry or any sweet, for that matter, first and foremost, I tell you to check your blood sugar. Yes, I did, and I have. And my blood sugars have been between 77 and 110. That's my sugars for the last four weeks since I've been in the program. All right, so first of all, I'm going to say congratulations. 
because that is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. For those of you who might be listening to the call or hear it on the replay, that that is perfect blood sugar management. So fantastic, first of all. Yeah. I, I love that. Secondarily, if you're craving a pastry, you're craving a sweet, I would tell you to put, check your blood sugar right then and there because it yeah. could be that you're dropping around that 70 mark and your yeah. body is needing some kind of carbohydrate. In that, I would tell you to do at least one to two servings of fruit and a little bit of protein. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then to see how you feel. So, you know, it might be that you do a Granny Smith apple and a tablespoon of peanut butter. Yeah, I did the I did the Granny Smith apple, and that was it. And then, yeah. you know, of course, it was you know I start kind of reading and distracting myself from feeling that hunger like like that. It was like a strange need. I, it's like a craving, I guess. Uh, you know, like maybe like a, even when I was pregnant many years ago, I never had any craving. So I imagine that was what a pregnant woman <laughs> right? right? <laughs> My guess is, is you're, you know, just from in speaking with you, and that's not a normal pattern for you, that that may have been a low blood sugar thing. And your blood sugar may have been teetering around that 70 mark, and your body was trying anything it could to get you to get your blood sugar up. For one of the what, yeah, one of the more confusing things for people with diabetes on our plan is really deciphering when they have low blood sugar and when it's real hunger. Yeah, and because so, it's, uh, it it feels it feels like your stomach is grumbling and it's feeling that hunger, but when you mm-hmm. feel kind of weird, then I know that it's the sugar. Right. And that's why I'd say to, to, to have a serving or two of fruit and to get some protein in there too with that and then yes. see how you feel because your protein is going to stabilize that blood sugar out, which is what you really need. Okay. Thank you okay. so much. You're um, welcome. You're absolutely welcome. So you can think through all those components, but check that uh, blood sugar first and go with that. Right. Okay. Oh, Excellent. Thank you. Great job, though. Great blood sugar management. That's awesome. Oh, my I, I, gosh. I, I, I love to hear that. Yeah, that, that's, that's just fantastic. Good for you. Good for you. That's yeah. great. Excellent. And great question. Thanks for coming on. Oh, I thank you. Absolutely. Hi, Wendy. Hi. Hi. I have a question. What's the easiest way to check your blood sugar? So you have to get a glucose monitor in order to check your blood sugar. Now, if um, your physician usually needs to write a prescription for it, and then you can get it at a pharmacy. Okay. Well, I have a, an appointment with my my doctor coming up, so that will be a great time to ask for one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and um, getting some test strips. And then... It's, once you get the blood sugar monitor, it, it's very self-explanatory. You, you know, you prick your finger and then just put it in this little, you know, this little swatch and it'll read your blood sugar for you. So, but your physician, uh, most, yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult to get it without, but most physicians will write a script for it and then you can pick it up. Hey, Wendy, again. Uh, yes. Now you can, you can buy the testers. 
now you don't need a prescription any longer. Oh, like CV, okay. CVS sells them, and they are pretty inexpensive. Now, the test oh. strips are expensive, but there are different brands. Some brands you can you can get the te- the tester for maybe nine dollars, and some oh. of the test strips can go extremely high. But okay. some of them there are different kind, and you can see the test strips. Uh, they can be as low as twenty dollars. Okay. Okay. You can actually go to CVS <laughs> or any pharmacy and pick up the tester. And they are usually with the um, where they have the uh, drug testing and things like mm-hmm. that. But some mm-hmm. of them says uh, diabetic management. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank, thank you. you. There you go. That's great. Absolutely. Thank you. And it, and it's pretty self-explanatory. Usually, once you get the the glucose monitor. Um, you know, it will, it will show you how to go through the steps of that. So thank you. Very helpful. No, thanks. Okay. Um, one, one more question. Do you still have the eight-week module going on, or is it too late? I do, no, I do still have the eight-week module. So for those of you that are interested, I have an eight-week module that I put together on compulsive overeating and emotional overeating um, and how to work with that and stop. Um, that is found on my my internal website, which is www.empowermentcoachinginternational.com, and it will Can take you to the that, program. Please? Yeah, www.empowerment, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-M-E-N-T, Coaching International, or E-C-I.com. And you can go on that website, click on the courses. I have two courses up there. Um, and we've lowered the cost uh, significantly as we've, as we've been doing this series uh, to $200. We dropped it from uh, close to 500 to 200 just for our patients to be able to get on there who wanted to dive more into emotional eating um, and helping themselves with it um, so we could reduce that cost uh, radically for you all. And um, this so it- could just start from the beginning, right? Yep. Yep. There's eight modules okay. on there, and they're self-paced. You can go through them as you want. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we'll keep that on special for at least the next month. Um, okay. I wanted to keep it as we were doing this whole series, and I'll probably keep it on for April as well. Okay. Great. Thank Any you. other questions? Yeah, of course. Yes, Wendy, I had joined the plan, I think it was back in November, mm-hmm. and did halfway decent for probably a month and a half or two months, and then just had a whole lot of things come up, and I have not been doing the plan anymore. So I was mm-hmm. just wondering, what should I do to get started again? Call our office, and um, we'll put you in, uh, probably with Becky, and, and we'll help you get started again. Okay. In whatever way we need to, yeah, yeah, we're glad to do that, and we understand. Okay. 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 Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to hearing from you. Look forward to hearing from you all. Then, thank you all so much for taking this hour out for yourselves to learn and grow and achieve your best you. Have a beautiful night. Thanks for listening. 
If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Rate, review, and subscribe. You never know who you'll help become the next overcomer.